Hello, and welcome to House of Decline. We have a very special episode, as you can tell, it's a guest host, and uh, it's me, your favourite actor in the whole wide world, Margot Robbie. I was Harley Quinn. I was I was the Joker in the secret Harley Quinn is the Joker movie. I was Tonya Harding. I was Tonya Harding as Harley Quinn. I was Harley Quinn as the Joker as Tonya Harding. I was in a ver- I was in a variety of roles, and uh, now I'm here to bring my acting expertise to you, House of Decline, uh, because uh, I was in The Wolf of Wall Street. I was very sensual. I was very sexy. In the Wolf of Wall Street, you know, I do my thing. I Margot Robbie, uh, uh, famous actress, famous it's actor. So lucky to have you here, Miss Robbie. Uh, I'm very, have, I'm very glad to be here. Just like you know, we got a lot of interesting questions. Some viewers. Did I mention that question. I was Harley Quinn? I yeah, was Harley were, Quinn in the in the Harley super, Quinn movies. Super hot in all those movies. Um, yeah, I'm very hot in all my movies. I'm Margot yeah. Robbie. I'm designed Super to be. I'm, I was attractive in the big short. They had a picture of me in a bath, and I, and I lectured everyone about economics, and it was good. And Margot Robbie. Uh, so Margot, you know, I'm a lady. I'm you, a lady. How do you? And feel you don't about, have those on your podcast. How do you feel about the Australian COVID uh, stuff? With I don't lockdowns? like it. It's too. It, the lockdown. It's too much. Mongo Robbie's get a letter freak flag fly. They're making you put your masks on your v- vaginas. <laughs> and I don't like that. Because, you know, Mongo Robbie's got a letter vagina out. Are you really Australian, Mr. Uh, Robbie? Or I'm is Australian through and through. Me dad fucked a kangaroo and out sprung Margot Robbie. Oh, that's why you're so hot. Okay. Oh, this one, <laughs> yeah, I've got it's all the kangaroo DNA. Everybody loves it. When I played Tonya Harding. <laughs> when I played Tonya Harding, you know, I was, you know, hopping mad. Because <laughs> okay, is hopping mad because you were part kangaroo? I was hopping mad because I was part <laughs> kangaroo and because I was trailer trash. And that's a movie about trailer trash. Uh, and, you know, it. and I can, I can relate to that because all of Australia is like a big a trailer trash country, you know. And it's very, very, everything's very far away from everything else in Australia. Yeah, and everyone's going chunder all the time and eating Vegemite. The doing ch- ch- chunder? Going chunder. What's that? Oh, it's when you drink too much and you go chunder. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. So uh, is chunder like, is that something that happens in your pants or is it that happens that all over your, your body? Oh. You have a full body chunder <laughs> and you know, you shit yourself. <laughs> You sh- you sheet, yourself? I sheet myself. You know, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, when you that's... when you're out with your girls on a Saturday night and you're at the club and you go chunder and sheet yourself, right? Oh, your you're, ta- you're talking about getting fecked up. Yeah, getting fecked up, and then, but now they want you to put your masks over your vajayjays, girls, <laughs> and you know we're not having that. You know, it's all about women's rights. That's what we're talking about on this week's is. show. It's women's rights. It's it, women's we are, rights. We are talking about a lot of women's issues today, which is why we have Miss Robbie. Miss um, Robbie. It was actually next... me. It was actually me this whole time. What? 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 I'm going to say, you're, Margot Robbie had a real Omicron accent going. It wasn't really very Australian. <laughs> what? Very Omicronian. That wasn't actually her? That no, it wasn't my my amazing Margot Robbie 
accent. Well, let's is, welcome uh, Jay English. back to the show for his probably third or fourth time. <clears throat> Honestly, I think it's my fifth, guys. Might be your oh, fifth time. My god. Frequent guest, returning champion Jay. Returning champion Jay. Listen, I, I fucking live on this laptop. I might as well make some guest appearances once in a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, hey, we pay our guests now. Um, and oh. Alex actually is the one who handles that. Uh, it's I think <laughs> the fee is like $1,000. So just yeah, get up yeah. Alex for $1,000. We pay our guests, you know. <gasps> yeah, no, listen, I, I know where he lives. Yeah, mm-hmm. he owe, he now officially owes you 1000 Canadian dollars. Yeah, all of our guests, and this is retroactive too. So all of the guests that have been on the show, you can come and break my legs if you want. You know? So y'all owe me five G's. That's pretty good. That's it's, correct. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. It's pretty good. You know, don't uh, worry. I mean, uh, don't worry. I'm good for it. I'm good for I, it. I've got a charming Alex anecdote from so when we were, you know, briefly uh, cohabitating many years ago. Uh, I remember Alex always slept on the worst futon like hand-me-down futons yeah, and yeah. His, his mom was finally like i'm gonna buy you a really nice bed and alex and and he was like she's like okay you pay for it and i was like alex we need to have a queen we're two fully grown men sleeping in the same bed we need to get a queen and alex mm-hmm. is like we're gonna get the queen so i come i come home and it is not a queen and it's a full Al- it was a full. And I was like, Alex, why? And he's like, I only had X amount of money on my credit card and it was $15 more. And I was like, you could have put it on my credit card. I have 10 grand available on my credit card. No, you don't understand. This is this is autism at work. This is how I buy beds. That's his disability, Trey. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. I'm just I was just one of those, you know, when you're like, ah, finally, we've been together sleeping in shitty beds for so long. Finally, we will have a restful sleep as a couple. No, and no, no too small yeah. bed. Too small I kind of did that same thing, except instead of the king, I got we got the queen and my wife wanted the uh, king. Get a California king. Well, that's only, the California king is just longer. It's just it's not, longer. It's not wider, and so you then you know you may you may then why pose is it the because question, California has Shaquille O'Neal in it? Is that can, why? Can you not just lay sideways upon the California King, <laughs> uh, turning its width into its height as a rectangle rotated upon itself is still a rectangle, which is the yeah. most important aspect of the bed shape. Um, I generally it would be only a good buy bed for the seven dwarves to sleep in all at once. The seven orbs. The seven dwarves. Dwarves. Okay. Um, you know. Yeah. yeah I they actually use the one bed. of those because my. Okay. You know how people toss and turn in their sleep. My mm-hmm. boyfriend has a very strange thing where he does he he does that, but like on an axis, so he turns like the hands of a clock. So eventually, mm-hmm. he will just be horizontal on the bed. And I was like, I was like, I don't have enough bed for this insane behavior. And and that's why you guys broke up. Uh no, this, this one's still around. Mm, yeah, well. you should hook some copper wire up to him and generate electricity very slowly. So he's spinning. He's like, yeah, he that, spins a... like at the hands of a clock. It's it's mm-hmm. he's, it's very it's it, listen. It's it's charming, but it's also frustrating. <laughs> well, you know, you should well, you should sleep in separate beds like an angry Long Island couple. I have been trying to get that dream for years and i had it with the baby <laughs> for about two months yeah the best goddamn two months of my life i had my own room i had my own computer in my own room i could do what i wanted and now i'm back in jail mm-hmm. yeah that so. would be my ideal living scenario it would be like having apartments next to each other in the yeah, same I keep building. saying duplex let's buy a duplex yeah mm-hmm. yeah 
Be like Helena Bonham Carter and Tim Burton and we, uh, live in separate wings of a weird mansion. Yeah. Still, I think. Or Do probably they, did like they still, Trump did they not and, break um, up? Trump and Melania. Uh, th- did they break up? Yeah. That's sad. I thought they were, those kids were going to make it. <laughs> those, those weird, those, those weird middle-aged kids. people. If they can't make it, who can? Yeah, yeah. What Tim Burton, think, I'm sure. What do you think the middle-aged Tim Burton fans are up to these days? You know, there's got to be some who are like 40. They're watching yeah. Wes Anderson movies now. <laughs> I, I don't know. What's like, I guess Tim Burton hasn't really made a hit in a while. No. Like he's been making kids movies mostly or, or like Big Eyes, which I didn't see. Didn't he make the Dumbo movie? Or Did he make the Dumbo movie? I think I think he was Dumbo. Uh, that's no. Yeah, he's making kids movies. He just wants to make bank. I mean, he's always been sort of like he's always been sort of like coy and sentimental and sort of prefab for that Disneyfication. So I don't think this is like too far off from where he started. So. Apparently, he's going to make a Netflix series called Wednesday about Wednesday Adams. Oh uh, no! Uh, is it going to be like? Is he trying to do the? Uh, who's the? Who's the terrible gay man? Uh, who's the terrible Barack gay man? Hussein Obama. <laughs> <laughs> um. Ryan Murphy was yeah. what I was saying. I was thinking of, but it was like, is he trying to Ryan Murphy where he's just going to be like, ah, yes, it's an entire series about Wednesday, but she's gay. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to watch Cynthia. I'm going to Cynthia Nixon is going to eat oysters in front of her. Oh, no. It's going to be an adult Wednesday, like Adams. Ew, gross. That's a gross sentence. Mm. Yeah, they what? did that in the Ratchet series. It was really uncomfortable. Oh. They had it. They had it. They had an oyster cunnilingus scene. Yeah. Well, like Cynthia Nixon is trying to uh, court uh, the nurse ratchet character. So she takes her out for oysters and she goes, ah, feel them wriggle. Like, it's this whole thing where she's like, first you separate it and then you feel it wriggling down your throat. And I was just like, and it's like, you know, it, it wasn't it was uncomfortable. Ew, pussies. <laughs> I don't like them. <laughs> Yeah, that was it. Uh, no one does. It's okay. Uh, <laughs> who doesn't like a big vagina? Uh, no one on the Speaking Supreme Court. Speaking of vaginas. Yeah. yeah. No one on the Supreme Court. What a great segue. We're what an really amazing segue. Women. Trigger warning for women. You won't like this episode. Why? I guess of, they it's, will. It's a bunch of guy talk on, on ladies. They can. That's fine. No, you'll yeah. love it. You'll love it. You'll get yeah. to hear what we think. You want yeah. you want to know what Which we is, think. Yeah, there's Basically, not enough discourse by men on women's reproductive rights. I think rights. it's going to boil down to us being like, "Gosh, I just I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know what to do. I feel I so paralyzed. This political system. <laughs> help, 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 me. Superman. Help <laughs> Barack Hussein Obama. Use your gay magic to change all this. What happened? That was the uh, promise. Well, people were. Yeah, I guess being... Obama was the first gay hotep. People were being mad at Obama because um, he was like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna cement abortion into law," and then he didn't do it. He didn't do it. He didn't do a lot of stuff. Yeah, he really didn't do a lot of stuff. Uh, at all. Legend: Obama is the Gen X president because he is the slacker king. You know? Exactly. Yeah. yeah, he's the least relevant and the most noticeable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's like if Reality Bites were a president. I wish he dressed more like a '90s Gen Xer. I would like think that's a lot cooler. 
Do you guys remember when he wore a brown suit once and everyone got mad at him? I feel like that was him trying to be a a 90s Mm. Gen Xer and like the world exploded. Mm. (laughs) They couldn't handle it. Yeah. Well, you know, everyone's racist, so that's why. That's why. Brett Kavanaugh and Amy Coney Barrett are both uh, Gen Xers. They're Gen X conservatives. What a they hold. What a gruesome twosome. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I would not. I would not pay for that OnlyFans. Uh, do you think they're friends in the cafeteria like Scalia and RBG, or do you think they can't stand each other? Kavanaugh and Amy Coney Barrett? Yeah. Well, they're not on opposite sides, so... Yeah, yeah like, it would be think... like if Kavanaugh and Sotomayor had did, like, fondue parties. Yeah, yeah but do you think, like, Kavanaugh keeps other. pinching Coney Barrett's ass and she can't say anything? Uh, I hope that's not happening. I mean, uh, it might be. Well, yeah. If he li- what's his alter ego when he did, did he say he had an alter ego when he got drunk? Carlos Cavanaugh? Yeah, you are talking my name when I get drunk I turn into Carlos. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I could kind of relate to that. Alex invented uh, it's not when I get drunk, but when I get like too la- like usually maybe it's Cro- more than very one. crossfaded. Yeah, when I get crossfaded maybe something else is involved maybe than just ethanol. Uh uh Alex has invented the character of Jim. Yeah. And Jim is always wrong, but incredibly confident. Yeah, specifically Jim, with directions to cab drivers. Yes. Jim will get oh. in the front seat of a cab <laughs> and tell the cab driver to go exactly the wrong way. Drive into the lake. Drive into the Drive lake. Into no, the, it's right here. Into the, straight to the moon, Alice. Uh, yeah, I think I don't have a I don't have a drunk alter ego. I just yeah, am a very sad version of myself. Oh, mm. Uh People have drunk alter egos, though. Yeah. It could happen. Uh, I mean, maybe that's who you should blame it on. Maybe that's who Kavanaugh, maybe that's the defense. I mean, it worked anyway. He's on the, he's on the court. Man, that sucks. I, I don't like thinking about how he's on the court. Um, I like thinking court, about, uh, you know, happy things like Bob Dole died. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, well, we know his dick is still going to be hard in hell, and that's yeah. all that really matters. He, boom! He was the Viagra guy. <laughs> that was his thing. Uh, he made frequent uh, comments. He he would be. It's too bad that Bob Dole was never on Come Town shilling for Blue Chew. <laughs> that was like the ultimate. Maybe we'll have some sort of equivalent. Maybe Madison Cawthorn will become a Blue Chew guy. Because well, I just know, hope Nick Mullen uh, runs for president. Yeah, he got two vote votes in the got, uh, yeah. New York mayor election. <laughs> two writing yeah. votes. I'm Less curious than about Bowie. the marketing like success of that. Like, I want to see the numbers on the Bob Dole Viagra campaign because, on one level, you kind of like. I, my own instinct is to be like, "Yeah, you want to put somebody there who's like, yeah, he fucks. I want to fuck like him." But then there's the other side where it's like, "Ah, oh, yeah, he's like a rickety blind old man. I'm a rickety blind old man, and my dick doesn't work." You know, I, I, don't, I don't know which I, is the more compelling advertising. I feel like in in today's world, we would have a bunch of people identifying tearfully with the idea of he made it okay for me as a man to accept my erectile dysfunction. And for that, he is a hero. His arm didn't work, but his dick sure did. God damn it. You know, and crying as who needs the, a second leg when you have a third leg. Yeah, there you go. There you go. That's that's what we should be. That's what we should be doing. Instead of uh, if, if people get their legs chopped off, we should just be giving them bigger penises. 
Well, I imagine that uh, Biden will probably go to, to the funeral, might even do a little eulogy at the, at, the, at the Bob Dole funeral. You think that'll happen? You think Biden will try to be bipartisan about it? Yeah, absolutely. What's uh, Bob Dole, along with McCain, he was viewed as sort of the last, you know, sane Republican. Not that they were sane Republicans, but just by sort of that mainstream standard of, you know, reaching across the aisle, West Wing Sorkin guy. Well, it's kind of like how, like, Matt Chrisman will describe Biden as kind of like a, the last of that kind of generation of Democrat, where it's like, you're, it's the party guy. He was the last, like, party guy who was just like, you know, it was, it was, you know, we're in company town. You come up in the biz, you come up through the party infrastructure rather than through like the IVs and the, you know, the think tanks and all of those kinds of things where you get, you know, your Obamas, your gay hotep Obamas and all that kind of stuff mm -hmm. where, so it's like, yeah, no, those guys were all like, you know, sitting in the sauna, slapping each other's ass, you know, just cutting taxes. So mm -hmm. I'm sure he'll go. Yeah, I guess George W. Bush came from oil. He didn't come from he didn't come from any sort of party infrastructure. Well, I mean, he came. His dad was, you know, he yeah, was. His, his dad was the old guard. Like, like the neocons were not H.W.'s uh, people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the last. He he is the last of a very old guard. Like just a Republican that straight up doesn't really exist anymore. Uh, what are they all now? What what do they exist? I well, guess they've all. You got your Marjorie Taylor Greens, and then yeah. you got your uh, uh, who's the fat Ohioan? Ohioan. Uh, you got your JD Vance. JD Vance. He's not even winning anything. You got your Marjorie Taylor Green and your JD Vance, and then you it's have Ron your Madison DeSantis yeah. and Madison Cawthorn. You got your Nazis, your fat boys, and your psycho bitches. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's really it's just MAGA without the tent anymore, right? Like yeah. that's really the base. The base is no longer, you know fiscally minded whatever because you don't they don't need any sense of majority to actually have any kind of political power so now like they're running on the crazies it's the exact opposite as the democrats right because the democrats basically the democrats are the republicans in the 90s and the republicans yep. are bad <laughs> yeah yeah. The Republicans are the Republicans as they've always been. Yeah, the the only thing that made the Republicans like hold back a little bit the was, Republicans. was that they they were sort of being held captive by this libertarian ideology. Mm -hmm. And that was helpful because every time the Republicans got too authoritarian, the libertarians would be like, "Whoa, you can't we can't do that. That's the government doing stuff." And now it's now the Republicans are like Let's pay the industries we like to stay afloat for no reason. I, I think, yeah. yeah. Let's, let's sort of also, subsidize goose step classes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, also discarding sort of even even that Austrian school of economics in favor of a more, uh, say, I don't want to say fascist approach, but you know how like Nazi economics, they had no economic philosophy. It was just attempting to consolidate power whenever it seemed most appropriate. Uh, it that's not, was not correct. Is that Ooh, not correct? We have lost. No, there, there is a, there is a, there is a, there is a fascist theory of economics. I believe they, 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 they refer to it as corporatism, which actually is very similar to kind of what we're talking about in terms of modern American conservative politics. But that's, where that's Mussolini. Yeah, but I mean, you were finding the same thing in Germany, which is basically you're allowing this. You're the state is basically crowning industries that are going to so there is a quote-unquote market of state-sanctioned economic yeah. activities but they're also so it's like you you know let's say you're 
true anon listeners might say that you know Twitter is basically a corporatist sort of uh, outshoot of the of the CIA and the FBI uh, of the intelligence services, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's like, yes, this is a technically it is a privately run company, but it's you know largely subsidized and allowed to exist, you know, despite all apparent concepts of antitrust in the United States. And the reason it is is because it's basically doing the job of that government agencies used to do. Mm-hmm. And what <clears throat> what job is that? Surveillance and mm-hmm. the propaganda. But so, but yeah, but that doesn't adhere to like a uh, like a classic like a Hayekian model of economics. It's no, it doesn't. It's it's something different. It's not, and it's not like what I mean to say that it, it's not ethically consistent with itself because it's this weird mishmash of like the worst aspects of communist economic theory and capitalist economic theory. Yeah, it's evil Keynesianism. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're just doing <laughs> yeah. it with the wrong, the mo- the morally wrong companies like oil, like Exxon Oil, like you know, we've been doing it with Exxon for a while. Yeah, just and like all the fucking shit with the drilling. Every president is always doing some kind of new drilling contract with Exxon. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, or even look at you know the Canadian situation, right? Where the whole like uh, the the pipeline across the country. Like all of the oil companies actually moved out of it because they realized that by the time it would be done, it wouldn't be profitable anymore. And the Canadian government was like, no, no, we'll pay you a hundred billion dollars to keep building this, even though it will not fix our economy. Yeah, we do that with farms. I think we pay farmers not to farm, just to keep right. them going. It's a lot of farm socialism. Is it America. maybe just like the the uh, the sunk costs fallacy just practiced writ large? You know, that idea that, oh, we've invested so much into this. If we pull out now, then we're never going to get anything. You know, there's this in, especially, you know, because the wheels of government turn so slowly, the idea that we can accomplish anything at all. And then it's dashed away just because it turns out it was an incredibly bad idea and we should never have done it. No, we have to stick with the bad idea. We committed to it. We, we passed all this legislation. So many people did so much work to implement the goddamn bad idea. We can't let it go. Well, it's really, it's it's bullshit scaffolding, right? Because it's like, well, yeah, we, we need to build the pipeline to keep Western Canada afloat, even though it's still going to crash in 10 years because it's a single resource economy. Uh, but we don't want to deal with it now, so we're going to pass the buck down the road. It's the same thing with farm subsidies. You know, it's that if we if food cost what food should cost, we would be like this would be an entire like the level of poverty would be insane. Uh, That's why all the food has to be produced by people getting paid slave wages. And then the ones who aren't need to be subsidized because, you know what, once you once we don't have that soybean oil, like you're going to you're going to have a hard time. It's going to that's torches and pitchforks. Yeah. But it's not dealing with the supply chain. It's not dealing with the land distribution. But it is. It, it's making it, you know, you know, Baron Trump's problem instead of Biden's problem when he becomes president. Mm-hmm. Uh, our tall, our tall Nazi president. Our tallest boy. Our he tallest. Is, Nazi. He's going to he be is eight a foot Teutonic five. legend. Yeah. I think. I think. Uh, I think the American president should be the tallest man. Why not? Okay. I, I mean. Why not? Pretty tall. Yeah, but it, are they the tallest though? Mm, no. Who's the tallest man in America right now? He should be president right now. 
Well, it just no, makes we sense. We know the tallest teenager in the world was just announced by Guinness Records, and they live in Quebec. So, Whoa. Québécois. Whoa, it's about time we had a Quebecois president again. I guess yeah. Justin Trudeau is, uh, he's not really Quebecois, though. Uh, how is he yeah, doing he with his new, smaller, less powerful government? It's not, not doing smaller and less powerful, it's the same. Oh, it's exactly we had, the it same? It is the most useless election in uh, living memory in Canada, where every they were still in a minority. The seat distribution is basically exactly the same. The parties they have to go and basically coalition with to pass legislation are exactly the same. So it was just, it was a, it was a whole lot of nothing. Mm. These Gen X slackers. It's Gen X. These Gen X politics. I'm over it. Let's get I'm let's, over these. Let's guys. start a generational war between the, the Gen Xers and the who comes after the Zoomers? Is it the Coomers? I think they're called a Generation Alpha. I think I've heard that thrown around. <laughs> generation. Alpha. Let's just make it up. They're, they're called the Gromos. Like the, these like Gromos. The Romo, like the like the football player. No, like a Gromo, like uh, if like you were talking about uh, a Gromo sexual, in that they they grow mo. Uh, this is they're <laughs> okay. is, that, is that like being a shower, a grower, not a shower? Yeah, they grow mo. You know, I'm oh. nice too. Yeah, there you go. Thank you for finishing. I'm just, I'm just going with any idea here. That's great because man. that's what they do when they make up generations. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's like your astrological symbol. Ooh, I'm a millennial, so I'm bad at parties. One of them's going to be knitting. One of them's going to be Generation COVID. It has to be. Generation has to be COVID. Generation COVID. The yeah, kids born. Yeah, Generation Co. Generation Vid. Generation COVID, generation, uh, generation viral. Why the did viral we do? Generation. Why did we in 1990 decide that it would be gener Generation X, as if there would then be three more? Because it was specifically from a Douglas Copeland book, wasn't it? I don't oh, know. Yeah, who that is. yeah oh, Douglas yeah. Copeland, who was uh, the a hero of Gen X literature, Canadian fella, did micro surfs. But also, I think he coined the term Generation X to describe the disaffected youngsters who had, you know, less cultural relevance than the boomers. And, and they were none. so disaffected probably because of, like, all of the same issues we're dealing with now, like abortion and guns yeah. and Ghislaine Maxwell. Ghislaine Maxwell. She's a Gen Xer, too. That yeah. There you go. We're talking about Gen Xers. All Good old Ghislaine. She, you know, talk about a fight club of a lady, you know, talk about a, an American psycho of a lady. <laughs> talk about a slacker of a lady. She's she wasn't a slacker. That's Listen, what we she, can say. You know, it's like that Bill Maher joke that got a show canceled where he said that the 9-11 terrorists weren't cowards. It's like <laughs> I have I don't have very nice things to say about Ghislaine Maxwell, but she did probably she didn't seem like a slacker. Hmm. No, no, she, she very was very motivated. And she was on her shit, you know, she, was on, her <laughs> she shit. was on her girl boss shit. That's I guess many people have made Ghislaine girl boss. So what? Jokes, uh, what's sure. the what's our verdict? Do you think she's guilty? Yes. Well, yeah, of course. Hmm. <laughs> the that question sounds... is, does she go to like, here's the thing. She the fact that she's alive makes me think she's going to get off. Yeah. Mm. The the Clinton mafia didn't. I think she's uh, just another one of his victims, you know. Oh yeah, <laughs> like a Carla Hamulka thing. That's how I would spin it if I were the defense. That's what like, they're doing. 
That yeah. is their defense, is that she was another, she was a victim of Epstein's, you know, crimes, which is, you know, and uh, listen, it's a hard thing to prosecute, right? Because, you know, as much as the, her lawyer's arguments are that we are not here to try Jeffrey Epstein, that is absolutely, like, if we're just talking in strict legalese, that's mm -hmm. 100% true. But that doesn't mean she doesn't have culpability. Mm. I'm kind of, so I, the Truanon uh, hosts are actively attending the Ghislaine Maxwell trial. And my, my hope is that, he, what's his face? Who's the guy? Uh, Brace. Brace. Brace I, hope, I really hope he figures out a way to like insert himself into the story. <laughs> yeah. Um, Gonzo journalism. Well, just he like, has already made friends with enough U.S. Marshals that they have, he has, they have found a special corner to let him vape. Yeah. Oh great! <laughs> yeah, he was saying he has to bring. He brings multiple vapes to uh, evade their detecti detecting. Uh, yeah. good, good coverage by Truanon. Back a, back a return to form. Uh, How did they get press credentials? Uh, they they make a lot of money on Patreon. I'm sure you know you can just. I'm sure. The, yeah, I suppose. I just it was one of those things where I was like, I don't know if I was the person if it was my job to hand out press credentials, and I was like. Okay, BBC, AP, Al Jazeera, Truanon. They're not sure, in the main. Not? They're not in the main courthouse or the main room. So, <clears throat> I think but, you still, know. like they have access, right? Like they. So, like for instance, like the, the post millennial like, Doe, has like, they know her name. Like they're they're privy to at least to like highly mm. confidential information. Uh, well, you know. Well, you know, sometimes if you just, if you will it hard enough, you can become the greatest journalists of all time. Yeah, or Brace has a <clears throat> CIA connections. Maybe he has Ooh. a Brace and CIA. Which is what some of the, you know, I a think- A lot of people believe that. The post-leftists that don't like uh, Truanon say <laughs> yeah. that. It's weird, though, because Glenn Greenwald loves Truanon. Glenn Greenwald is, is a weird, weird person. <clears throat> yeah, he is. Yeah, I mean, I think like I think a lot of internet lefties they they're looking for idols. They're looking for people to whatever. Like Glenn Greenwald is an excellent journalist. He also has some very bad opinions. You, mm -hmm. These two things can exist at the same time. And I think yeah. that but it's like no, we are not looking for we don't we don't. There's not supposed to be any saints and Marxism. It's the actual system that's supposed to make people behave better, not their individual souls. Mm. Uh, but yeah, anything post I have discovered, those people are the worst. Yeah. And it, well, the thing with also Greenwald is like uh, like how annoying he is. It's not just his opinions are the worst. It's just that he's a huge bitch and very unlikable. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely one of those guys that tops from the bottom. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, he is he is an un, ungenerous lover, I assume. I am. Um, hmm. I fear for his children. That's a, hopefully a non sequitur. Um no, he fucks his kids. <laughs> Glenn Greenwald. You heard it here, Perry. Allegedly. This is parody. This is parody. Allegedly. This Allegedly. is. We're gonna name the title Glenn Greenwald fucking his kids. The episode. Oh man! And then if we sent that to him, I bet we could get sued. And then yeah, we, we could absolutely get sued. If we just a little bit of what's it called, chutzpah. Chutzpah. We could turn, we could turn that lawsuit into a, a never-ending media career. Yeah, people will love us because we all we said was that Glenn Greenwald fucks his kids, and now he's suing us into oblivion. That yeah. guy. Yeah, and then the seeking derangement guys will be covering your trial. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm -hmm. That would be good. 
That would be um, nice. Uh, <clears throat> I, well, people call Rob Russo a pedophile all the time, and nobody seems to get into trouble. Oh yeah. Well, I'm I'm wondering if uh, what's his face Noah Berlatsky is going to try to sue anyone. Uh, I mean, he does work for the Maps people. Uh, did he uh, did he take his Twitter account off private yet? I don't know. Oh, oh well. Anyway, you know, we kind of glossed over the whole abortion thing, which you know, as three men, that maybe that's the correct way to treat. It. Yeah. Or, well, but also what maybe else? We're, Maybe we can make jokes to be. It. Should we, we make jokes about it politically, though? Maybe a little bit. Like, what are your takes? What do you think? So I'm not saying you know. Let's. We don't need to talk about necessarily anatomy or whatnot. But in terms of the makeup of the court, the way that America is now, and again, like I've never lived in the states, so I defer. I'm curious to see what you guys think. Is that I, I said this before we started recording, where it seems to me like there is enough media savvy behind the whole Republican machine to not. To not have the headline Roe v. Wade overturned, like I feel like that is something that would give the other side momentum. I mm-hmm. think if I were if I were running if I were the in the dark rooms, I would say uphold Roe v. Wade in this case, look fair and balanced, and then and then uh, every case where it's like okay, well actually you can't have an abortion three weeks after you're pregnant, they uphold all of that. So for all the t- but I just I'm I, I maybe I'm t- being optimistic. Or at least overly hopeful that they have self-interest in mind. Well, okay, so that's what I've been thinking about is is the idea of neutrality kayfabe, right? So the court, and I was hearing some of Sotomayor's arguments, and her arguments was uh, that that criticism is like, if the court tries to overturn Roe v. Wade or successfully overturns Roe v. Wade, they will have lost the confidence of the public because that will be the court enacting a uh, being a political body and not adhering to precedent um and she said it uh, the it would undermine the public's confidence to see the court as a political body right but everybody knows the supreme court is a political body like even the justices on the supreme court know the court is a political body uh, but you have to keep that straight face where you pretend no we are we are just here to litigate the facts and we're going to go by the precedent and the case law is determinative and, you know, we'll, we have faith in our system. When in reality, that's not the case. You know, people have done wild stuff on the Supreme Court uh, that goes against uh, precedent. But well, because uh, you could you it would be hard. Like, listen, I'm, and I support those decisions and I don't I don't think there is. I, again, I think the idea of having an apolitical court is. It doesn't make any sense. Like it's not. It, it's a. It's a fine aspiration. I don't understand how it could possibly happen. But I think you would have a hard time, even agree. Even if you agree with the decision, saying that the Warren Court was not a, making large political decisions that changed. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know? So yeah, I like I guess... it when they make political decisions. I agree with. I do not like it when they do that. Yeah, I mean, I'm almost rebutting myself, but I don't like, is that like, do you think that the modern day conservative movement can see itself as kind of doing that kind of transformational thing? Or is it just, is it all Wizard of Oz shit? Well, here's the thing is I do believe that amongst a certain class of lawyer, amongst a Brett Kavanaugh or a Neil Gorsuch or uh, a Roberts, they do have that sense of kayfabe they do believe that we do need to have this we do need to preserve this image or else uh you know to also just bank stuff down the line you know if you do something too 
bold, you know, people will react to it too strongly and then we won't be able to do everything uh, we get to do, you know, uh, we'll get to do if we're just a little more patient about it. So I think, uh, and especially amongst the judicial class, there's that, um, there's that more incrementalist idea of political change, just because you're also, you also have this common law system drilled into your head, which tells you to go with the precedent, go with the precedent, go with the precedent. And that also, becomes your guiding light. I think that, you know, if we, because if we're, if we, I think all three of us agree that there isn't such such thing as an impartial Supreme Court or judiciary, like no matter what configuration would be somewhat political. Yeah. And so the, again, the thing that maybe gives me hope that this won't go entirely tits up right away is not even the kayfabe, but the fact that at something as drastic as this, like most people do not follow the news. Most people do not follow politics. Most people are not following, have probably not even heard of this. Mm -hmm. uh, they are not, but that being said, if the headline is Republican dominated Supreme Court overturns Roe versus Wade, that could like, which is a which is something that the vast majority of Americans do agree with. Like that could give the political momentum to say stack the court in a way that I don't think it exists or has existed in the last couple of years. And I think that's the that's the reason they don't do it. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe it is part of their like, I don't know if it's a, you know, just the propaganda of law school. I think it's also like they're going to like they're going to lose the presidency for 20 years if they do that. Yeah, well, maybe. I don't um, know. There's uh, progressives who who disagree with that, but I actually I tend to agree with you that the backlash would be huge. But there are there's a certain brand of leftist or progressive, I guess I'm not sure, who uh, I was listening to specifically. It was on the Trillbillies, and they were basically poo-pooing the idea that anyone would really care, which is I don't know. It's I can't tell. I think. My it's not gut that anybody that it would be a big backlash. Yes, it would be a big backlash, but it's this is also the Republican movement has been crescendoing to this moment for years. Like this has been in the works for a while and this is their time to strike. And I think there are those people that feel that way and there's enough of them that it could overturn any sense of uh, political equity that would uh, happen as a result of their restraint. Uh, yeah. yeah, but that's like, I, again, I, I kind of liken that to, like, I think they're still, do, like, the reason they've gotten this far, the reason why gerrymandering has gone this far, the why the reason why reproductive rights have already been so diminished in so many parts of the country is that, it's, is that it happens in all these minor decisions that have to do with, you know, this clause of this section of this whatever that allows you to, you know, Again, limit the amount of abortion clinics in a certain area, the amount of time, the amount of time before you can get one, and that's actually much more efficacious of getting their goals is actually then having a a long con than you know like I my my comparison would be like why is COVID around so much longer than SARS was? It was like SARS was too deadly; it basically killed too many people and it killed itself in the process. COVID's mm -hmm. sticking around because it's not that lethal. You know, and I think that's kind of that's kind of my analogy for the conservative movement. It's like, yeah, they could do it now, or they can just keep doing exa getting exactly what they want for for the last next forty years, like they have for the previous. But what will happen to the conservative movement if they don't um, overturn it? I mean, won't that splinter them? Uh, won't you have um, 
Republicans who are, I mean, they're already pretty mad at Roberts, and they'll be furious at Roberts if it's, if he, Roberts basically has to sway one other person to, not, I don't even know, actually, it's very complicated, because I'm not exactly sure how it works. Roberts kind of has to vote with the conservatives, because then he can decide who writes the opinion. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. if he goes with the liberals, then he's outvoted, and Clarence Thomas will write the opinion, and Clarence Thomas wants to overturn Roe v. Wade, and so maybe he will. I don't know. It's, it's, so it's unclear to me what role the opinion plays. Like, is whoever writes the opinion, are they going to be the ones deciding how far it goes? Because the, the writing on the wall is that they're going to uphold the Mississippi law at, is it 16 weeks or 15? I think. It's 15. 15 weeks. The writing on the wall is that that's going to be upheld. It's just how far they're going to take it. Mm-hmm. So what yeah, I'm it's... at least predicting at the at the minimum is that every state with a Republican in Republican control will make a abortion law limiting it to 15 weeks. Yeah, that will probably happen. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. And I think I think that is the strategy uh, because I also like even anti. Here's the thing: anti-abortion people will get their kid an abortion if their kid gets pregnant. So it's like it can't be it, there, it can't be a kind of ruling that makes abortion, say, illegal across the board. Like, I don't mm-hmm. think we're in a situation where you're not going to be able to get a, a reasonable access to health services in New York state, because, frankly, the fucking oil tycoon in Texas, when his daughter gets knocked up at the frat party, needs to take her somewhere. What what gives me pause uh to think that this might go in a more extremist route is because, like we were saying before, with people like the death of Bob Dole, the Republican Party is no longer, it's no longer this coherent party. You know, it doesn't have a philosophy behind it, only to move into sort of uh, empty spaces where power might exist. And as such, you're, you're seeing the rise of, you know, we mock Marjorie Taylor Greene and Boebert, but... They're the rising stars of the Republican Party, and they're going to eventually, I think they're probably going to get popular enough such that uh, the party will capitulate to them. And they're full-on anti-abortion fanatics. And uh, The demographic that the Democrats and Republicans are fighting over are the the suburbanites who switch between Trump and Biden. And mm -hmm. figuring out where those people stand on abortion i think jay hit something on the head that they you know they don't want abortions for anyone else but if their kid gets an abortion they want one um that is like they are kind of represented by roberts who wants to have a very moderate he wants to just say that the probably he wants to let the mississippi rule stand but every state can make their own kind of thing instead of banning it altogether um, but I just, I don't, I, you know, the, I think there may be five conservatives on the court who really don't think Roe is a good decision, like fundamentally, yeah. Yeah. and that, that might weigh so heavily on them that they do want to make big changes. Uh, it's so, I don't, I don't know how persuaded, persuadable people like Gorsuch are to the political arguments about the legitimacy of the court and like the Republican movement and it and how long it lasts because they're there for life now yeah but i'm convinced kavanaugh might be i actually think kavanaugh is a while like i think if roberts needs enough if he needs to pull somebody in i think kavanaugh is he is a you know he was placed there 
You know what I mean? He was not, you know, he was not this great legal figure. He is not, you know, you know, we've all opined on, you know, the strange legacy of RGB, but you know, at least there was there was a there there. You know, there was a person, there was a figure, there was something you could kind of sell before she was on the court. Uh, whereas Kavanaugh was based, it's like there, like you know, again, a '90s Republican would never put him in there. He's there to do what he's told. I don't think he's. I don't think he's the ideologue that Marjorie Taylor Greene is. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, he's like a Federalist Society guy, he's, though. He's I mean, a Catholic too. I don't the, know. The, like, the who's yeah, pulling but those his strings? Are bought and paid for. Yeah, but yeah. who? I don't. But are you so certain of the identity of the person doing the the buying? No, I'm not. I'm just saying it's the. It doesn't seem outside of the realm of possibility that there is at least one. Like, because the question is: Is are these people so ideologically tied to something? Or are these people callous opportunists? And it's like, it's, so it's not, it's that, you know, there, you could be right that, five, that, you know, five of the justices are just really true ideologues. It just seems unlikely to me that there's nobody who, you know, can't be greased. Yeah, but I, I think judges are the ones who tend to be the, the most uh, susceptible to ideology. I think, you know, more than, more more than you know uh congress people or or senators where you know lobbying's part of the game i think there is this inherent idea even you know if they are corrupt this idea that uh they are somewhat more neutral figures or that they are somewhat more dispassionate or that they have to obey somewhat of a stricter moral code i think lawyer brain does that to you you know you believe you have this uh moral duty to uphold and your path is the right one which is what I fear, but I I don't know. I think you're probably, your your Jay your, uh, explaining of it is uh, the most likely thing, where it's just going to be a death by a thousand cuts, as opposed to one big explosion of ideological mess. Yeah, it would be if they overturn it in June, then the Republicans lose the midterms immediately. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Like, yeah, and then Biden gets well, and that's the ability what I even to pack mean the with courts. the self-preservation of the lawyer brain, right? Because it's not the question of okay, these people have jobs for life. If they lose the midterm and there's actually momentum there, then stack the courts is yeah. a possibility. And it, and listen, I don't think it. Even if it is a possibility, I don't think it's going to happen. I think the fact that it becomes mainstreamed in any way, shape, or form is uh, existential suicide for the, for anybody who has a lifetime appointment because that that is the potential for them to become entirely irrelevant. But here's the thing. You talked about the Warren court earlier. What if this is just bizarro Warren court and they are a bunch of people that are making these epoch defining decisions, even uh, against popular. Uh, but yeah. the Warren court had what? 30 years of basically straight democratic majorities in Congress to or, and, and the subsequent courts after uh, like that. I th- nobody can rely on that anymore. It's an, interesting, it's an interesting dynamic because I, I haven't studied the Supreme Court, but this is an instance where the chief justice may find himself out of power mm-hmm. because he's moderate. He's the most moderate of the conservatives, and they can outvote him. And I'm very interested to see if he sides with them just so he can write the opinion. Um, because yeah no that's a piece of pageantry that's very important 
what Roberts wants to do is just sort of hum along with the Supreme Court and loosen regulations for corporations. That's his real goal. He's like a Koch brothers kind of kind of guy. Yeah. I don't think he gives a shit about the social issues. Um, the I think is he Catholic? He might be Catholic. Is Roberts Catholic? I don't think he's Catholic. I think Google. Kavanaugh gives a shit. I, I I think Kavanaugh seems like to me that sweaty, you know, found Jesus again after after a rough patch. You know, Gen X, these Gen Xers, these Gen X Christians. I don't trust them. What you yeah, listen I guess to? The Christian thing really is the wild card. He's Catholic. John Roberts is Catholic. Yeah, that's is not he trad Catholic though? Um. He's it's probably he's probably very opaque. I don't know a lot about him. Is he like he seems more like a church 2.0 kind of guy. Yeah. Who's like who's like a friendly Catholic? I guess Elizabeth Brunig. No, not C.S. Lewis. He wasn't Catholic. He was Anglican. Uh, Yeah. Liz Brunig. Liz Brunig. He's not a but he's not a a Brunig type. I wonder what she has to say about the abortion case because she's anti-abortion. Is she anti-abortion? Is she anti-abortion? Yep. Oh, yep. yeah, there you go. Oh, man, People she's Jimmy Smith's in the last season of The West Wing? <laughs> Whoa. Whoa, The West Wing called it. Well, not really. Uh, but the, uh, all those post-left people are uh, somewhat performatively anti-abortion. But I think they just do it because it's edgy and it makes people feel uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah, I kind of alluded to this earlier, but especially in the Academy, where and we really invented the post-concept, but... You know, one of my old mentors always used to say in lectures where he's like, yes, I remember when all the post-feminists showed up. And then we all realized five years later that post-feminism just meant anti-feminism. Yeah. Uh, and I kind of feel like that's the thing about the post-left is they're just like, no, like, it's not even being edgy. It's like, it's just being post-left is being lib. It's just mm. basically like, yeah, we, I, I thought about things being better, but what if we just did the, basically the same thing? Well, you're not we a just meet in the sock? middle and do nothing? We're all going to become patriotic socialists. We're going to fucking love America. And also uh, do... You have the right to abuse your children. Yes. Because everyone has equal rights to abuse their children. That's precisely it. Uh, Well, this is a sunny topic. Uh, (laughs) It's Women in Court Week. Talking about women in court. Mm -hmm. And uh, we got the... Abortion going on in the SCOTUS. We got Ghislaine Maxwell, and we got another story of Alice Siebold. Are you aware of this story? I am. You're aware of this story. The woman, she wrote Lucky and the Lovely Bones. Is that, is that the one that's like, stay up all night to get lucky? Is that the one? Yes, to stay up. No, it's, it's a brutal uh, depiction of her rape. And But the problem, there's a problem with this book, you see, is that the man that she uh, was instrumental in sending to jail for the crime uh, turns out it was the wrong guy. Got the wrong guy. Got the wrong guy. And uh, that, all, you know what? All men look the same. Yes, all black men you, too. Whoa, yeah, whoa. Anthony Anthony oh, Broadwater. I'm gonna black. put. I'm gonna, I'm gonna hit the well. pause button and just say sorry to all our listeners for what Alex just said. Even no, I'm, no, I'm telling it from the perspective because I'm a writer like Alice Siebold, so I'm telling it from her perspective. He he uh, he's, he had brain damage in college from smoking weed upside down um, <laughs> <laughs> on the playground. I did too many. I did Same. too many gravity. I hit my head on a gravity bomb. Yeah, and I got a thigh rash, so we are yeah. not at the top of our game. 
Anyway, all by the time I'm, I no, what the I'm gravity saying, bong, my brain fell into my ass. I've never been the same. <laughs> no, th- <laughs> that actually happened during. So during the police questioning, they brought her in to do a lineup, and apparently the police uh, she she misidentified the man. She she identified as and, and uh, the police because were saying, much like you, she said all black. She people said look uh, the she same. said all black people look alike. That's what Which she is said. What you said. That's what I said. <laughs> Uh, you can quote me on that. That's going to be the title of the episode is all black people look like <laughs> quote unquote. I, th- Alex. I thought it was going to be ladies night. Yeah, uh, it's oh. going to be lady. It's going to be Glenn Greenwald fucks his kids. All black people look alike and ladies night. <laughs> and it's ladies, ladies getting night. free to the Glenn, Glenn Greenwald fucking his kids special bonanza. Wow. Well, listen, English, let me just Portuguese subtitles available. I'm going to apologize. Ooh, maybe Harry two or three times nine. now. Um, so Alice Siebold, uh, made $8 million. I looked it up. Yeah. She's, her net worth is $8 million. But that and, was mostly from the lovely bones, which was oh, a very it was from the lovely bones. bones. The lovely bones. Yeah. Which is uh, how you have to say that. Is That's like a Tim Burton ass thing, right? It's an, it's another story about, it's a story about a girl who is raped and murdered. And then she has to watch her family grieve from heaven. And that's the, and Peter Jackson made a movie about it. Yeah. I haven't seen it. It came out when I was like, when we were in high school, right? I remember a lot of people or like high school or like early college. That was like the book that people who bought books from like Barnes and Nobles. Yeah. It has that very pop literature where something disturbing happens like the kite runner. Remember oh, the kite man, runner? I forgot about the kite runner. The kite runner. Yeah, everyone loves that fucking book. Or it's or in that same realm of pop literature like Life of Pi, those books that become inexplicably big. I for like some that you're reason. just listing books that basically like the, the Canadian government force fed to us in schools. Like, Not for it, but it's worked on an international no, level. Yeah, we were we were forced to read Life of Pi. And, and I could not understand why. It was such okay. I was, I mean, shocking. I was a uh, opinionated and pedantic, annoying teenager, uh, and I remember we had to. It was, it was like one of the assigned books in tenth grade English class, and I was like, "This is a t- the prose is terrible. <laughs> this is below me <laughs> in my public school education." I wish I was reading the lovely bones instead. <laughs> uh, <laughs> fucking. Uh, yeah, the problem and the thing with Life of Pi is that Yan Martell misidentified the tiger, and you know he spent the tiger spent sixty. No, that's not funny. That's I don't not know. Funny. What it was terrible about, what happened to this man. I don't know what you're talking about. But, but yeah, um, no, the uh, the wrongful. You know, so like I guess the question becomes like, you know, because everyone's trying to make their angle on this, right? I mean, I have actually only been recently, like, like literally forty eight hours ago, told Alex told me about this story, but from my perusals, like. I guess the question is, is like, what narrative is going to succeed? You know, she's like, this is, he's a victim of the system and I totally support him and blah, 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 blah. Is the narrative going to be, you know, this white devil lady uh, put this guy in jail? Like, I just think that there's, there are the, it ha- the dust has not settled on where the story is. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. Emmett Till all grown up. There you go. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, oh no. no. That's was- what it is. There you go. Yeah, it uh, is. No, it's, it, you hit the nail on the head on that one. But the, in Emmett Till, the lady wasn't even, nothing bad happened to the lady. That's the thing is something bad still happened to Alice Siebold, which is why it's like, uh, it, well, it's so uncomfortable. Yeah. Because it's like, I could see, 
uh, after something terrible happened to you and you're in shock uh, and the police are like and the DA are uh, sort of coaching you in order to get a conviction and you're in a state of high suggestibility. I get I, I, I get understand making that open the oven I get doors. How you can do that. Yeah, I get, I get if the how police you can do it. I totally understand. I identify totally all your it. Jewish neighbors. I get how you could. Do I get that. you know. I, no, I, but okay, maybe to be a little bit more fair though, I did, or at least more generous, is that you know because oftentimes the narr- uh, there's a narrative that kind of goes in reverse, right? Where a lot of times say, uh, you know, uh, women who uh, whose accusers do not get convicted, um, oftentimes the way that their testimony is disqualified is that they say they don't necessarily have perfect transcriptions of their memory from the last time they said something to another, right? Mm-hmm. Which is also just how memory works, right? Like we are not, we don't have, you know, we don't have hard drives in our brains. Actually, the more you tell a story, the more you're changing it, the longer away from it. Also, you involve trauma into that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so the idea that you would uh, have photo recall of the worst thing that ever happened to you, even though mm-hmm. I think in a in the in a television discourse or, you know, the mediatized discourse, it becomes something like, yeah, of course you would remember in super realistic detail the worst thing that ever happened to you because it's it was the worst thing and they did it with the scary lighting and the music that plays under it but that's not yeah. how life works so no. on one level you know th- we're kind of saying the same thing in reverse right like that is often how people get off but it, it's in this instance how he got on and but i don't know also in her situation her entire career was based off of remembering that moment yeah. in stark detail yes. Which is, you know, the added level of um, sort of what what puts it into the despicable realm, even though yeah. something bad happened to her. They're not distributing that book anymore. No, they, no. yeah, they are not. They've, they've... It's in the pile with those weird Dr. Seuss books. <laughs> We've well, been you don't some... like the five Chinese brothers? We've been reading some Dr. Seuss, and they uh, they are tongue twisters. Uh, yeah, we got yeah. the Dr. Seuss sleep book. It's good. It's long. That's their yeah. pedagogical value, man, is because for especially for like, I, actually, my boyfriend's going to listen to this and he's a speech language pathologist. But, uh, you know, the, you know, doing a lot of different sound stuff is good for kids. Yeah, good yeah. for their brains. Make their brains go working hard. They um, should just put me in front of a baby want, a and have kid? me make noises. No, I would be no, like, how do you do it? I want a kid. Her. I want a kid that likes ammo, you know? Ammo? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, yeah. You play like a ammo, bunch of gun sounds ammo for them? Unition. Ammo Unition. Uh, I'm just trying oh, to no. do a segue. Oh, no. Are you segueing into just, the school shooting? Just trying to, Are you okay. talking about the Crumblies? We have that five, baby uh, would have benefited sorry, is from... Is a Michigander supporting gun rights right now? We, we have... Uh, I, uh, I'm a Texan. You're a Michigander. Hear that, Steven? I'm a You're Texan. a Texas Michigander, okay? Right. Yeah. That's a Michigas, if you ask it's me. It's a straight yeah. shot of my Harley. I just drive up and down the country, just standing yeah. on the Great Plains. Just down go, the middle of the country. Straight. I'm a very straight man, Jay. I only drive in straight lines <laughs> on a straight motorcycle. Um, mm-hmm. So there's a horrible school shooting because all of the victims were hot. Um, no, no. It was a it's very. It's like they killed Dawson's Creek. Dude, it was a very Degrassi school shooting. It was a very Degrassi uh, school shooting. I'm sorry to. I don't mean to. Uh, we're make making jokes. light of this situation. Four children died. Which uh, is but why four we can make good light looking of. kids died. Four good looking kids died. Very hot. Um, wasn't the chess club. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was probably done by the chess club. Oh no! 
Oh, um, no. But it, the interesting thing, like, I don't want to talk about the kid's name or anything because you don't want to glorify the little uh, pissant idiot mm-hmm. asshole. Sure. His parents, however, we can talk about because they have done a, such a horrible job at parenting that they have been arrested for this school shooting, which is maybe <laughs> one of the first th- times that's ever happened. I, I can remember people getting arrested for bad parenting in the cases of like uh, uh, there were those parents in Calgary that didn't uh, vaccinate their kids and only gave them like uh, arrowroot and ginseng mm-hmm. and then the kid dies and then yeah. they get charged with. Or like, well, uh, it wasn't those... just vaccinated. That, that I remember that case. They didn't. The, they didn't. The kid had a treatable illness that they did not take him to the doctor for for months. Yeah. <laughs> right, which is, I guess. But I, you know, again, I. It seems strange. Like that's clear negligence, right? Like yeah. we can understand. Like if you don't, if you find a kid, if you don't, if you're not feeding your kid and your kid kid dies of hunger, you know, that's obviously the most basic example. But I'm like, yeah, that is. I don't think there's a lot of people who are like, yes, that is not a crime. Mm-hmm. But I was like, raising an, a, a, a psychotic asshole is a different, I think, breed mm-hmm. of accusation. It's very interesting because, like, apparently when he got in trouble for talking about ammo at school or, you know, saying he wanted to kill people at school, his mom texted him, LOL, which, you know, I got to say, I might do the same thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I, I think. If I also knew my husband had bought him a gun four days earlier, maybe I would be like, not saying LOL. Yeah. And the liberal media jackals are getting into this because the parents are mega parents. So people are, you know, making jokes. I guess just part of me, like growing up in the kind of Columbine generation, is that I was like, like, do I think, you know, like, is this... Is this looking for an explanation that doesn't exist? Right? Like, uh, is it easier to say, oh, yeah, these were shitty parents, so this kid did a shitty thing? Uh, mm-hmm. Which I think, which I am, in, like, inclined towards. But then it also just, it, it's like, oh, I'm also pretty, like, I, I'm, I'm of the mind that there's not a whole lot parents can do, at like, once you're 16. You're pretty yeah, much mm-hmm. your own person. Was this I, kid 16? How old uh, was he was 15. Um, it, I think it's overshadowing the fact that he was being bullied. I mean, mm-hmm. and it's sad because I think this kid was being bullied, and I think his dumb parents were trying to cheer him up. And By getting him a gun? By getting him a gun. Well, that's, that's because I mean, did, like, thousands saw, of parents do that did every Did you see year? that photo that the congressman thomas massey posted his christmas card photo yeah it's his entire family holding what looks to be like automatic rifles oh yeah and all the kids look closeted right (laughs) were you masturbating to that photo (laughs) was masturbating to that photo i like i like kids with guns yeah me too man me too Um, (laughs) but yeah so that he got he probably got those guns as gifts for his kids that's what they do um and That's I think this kid, was being, this kid was being bullied, and uh, it was like a Degrassi situation where, you know. <laughs> it was a total Degrassi situation. It's just you got a Degrassi situation on your hands. Or maybe, maybe he's listening to Marilyn Manson, a guy we maybe still haven't stopped. Maybe he's probably listening to Marilyn Manson. That guy has got a body count on him. Well, sure. actually, he yes, really does. He he's done he terrible does. things. He's done, he, was, he, he tied up Rose McGowan and left her in a room for like 18 hours or something. 
Yeah, I know. He, but the thing is, is I think he's done more. The Marilyn Manson uh, trail of bodies are mostly uh, they they got more X chromosomes. Let's put it that way. <laughs> ah, well. um, but yeah, I mean, the silver lining is we'll probably get you know another sad boy hip hop artist like Drake. Uh, no, Drake. he killed his Drake. His Drake he died the in Drake the hospital. The it's it's know. very it's a tragedy. And that I saw that kid. That kid was very handsome. Yes, Dude, it's, it's, it's a real tragedy. He was the next Drake, and he died. He, this time, he didn't make it. He was going to be the white Drake. Yeah, but yeah, I don't know. Part of me is like, okay, if it's one, like, okay, par- okay, you buy a kid a gun. I don't know the legality of the gun laws of like, I don't know. Can you have a starter gun and take classes when you're 15? I don't know if that would be the negligence part, but I don't, you know. Let's be honest. Most people who have shitty parents don't go sh- kill their classmates. Yeah, yeah. Most I... people who grow up, say, in abusive or conservative or negative households, like, oh, if, if they were, like, weird Nexium people or they were, like, clan people, okay, maybe. But it's like, I just... And again, I don't think they're good people. I don't even think they should maybe live without consequence. I just yeah. find it... I don't... I find it strange that it, everyone's so willing to be on board, including you know the state and the judiciary yeah see if it... your kid is declared a weirdo mm-hmm. it's like having a dog so it's like if your dog mauls somebody you're responsible for it you know mm-hmm. you gotta you gotta pay the damages well, and if your I'm... kid is like a dog kid i'm worried it's gonna turn into an issue where um the parents are are maga they're republicans they're bad they're the ones who did it basically and then the re- republicans are gonna be like no the parents are good this kid's a kyle rittenhouse yeah, and then, and then <laughs> I don't know if they can spin and, it like that. And then that will just make me very, very pissed off, and I'll be, and I'll be sending my kid to private school where this kind of thing doesn't happen as much. They kill. He killed a Friday Night Lights. They're not gonna. Republicans don't like that. They, they don't want to be associated with that image. Yeah. No. The the twist would be is because I think Stevens onto something, right? Like if you go back to you know the tropes from our era, like you know I, I I'm, you know fruity little gay boy, you know fat like i got you know bullied i got bothered and you know my family was like we're gonna teach you how to fight you know where you're gonna take taekwondo and you're gonna learn how to box and you're gonna do these things and like granted those were good things to have but i think if you're it, rather than being like oh yeah he's a kyle rittenhouse it's like no these parents did the right thing this kid mm. was fucked from his experience and they were teaching him how to defend himself and all those other fucked up things that that liberal school where he was bullied for being a good conservative is what made him snap. Not his parents teaching him responsible mm-hmm. gun use. You're, te- you're talking about the Republicans doing hardcore anti-bullying campaign. The, the most incredibly <laughs> violent anti-bullying campaign imaginable. Yeah, it's like the, the solution to uh, bullying. The Democrats is are the real bullies. When you're you're bullying the fetus when you try to abort it, stop bullying the fetus. Anti-bullying. Well, I yeah. hope that doesn't happen. Um, in the news, you may not have heard, but like the the next couple of days, pretty much every single school in this area was closed because of copycat threats. Mm. And also in this area, the schools are closing about every month for a couple days to a week because of staff shortages. So that's really, it seems like the whole school system in this uh, area is kind of breaking down. Uh, Especially, you know, a lot of blame has to lie on the school as well because they didn't look in his backpack 
And then they sent him back to class after he was like, I'm going to make it rain fire. <laughs> like, okay, yeah. see you in class. <laughs> he was also saying a lot of very, like, uh, I know you can't predict these things, but he was saying like the all, all of the very typical things you you would script if you were if you were writing Elephant. If I were to write yeah. rewrite El, Gus Van Sant's wonderful school shooting film Elephant, his wistful, wonderful, wonderfully put together magical <laughs> school shooting film you, Elephant. You just like it because they're gay. I like. I, it's you know, also a really hard movie to watch. I feel like Alex is not selling this well. Oh, I, <laughs> it's an I excellent film, it. but it's, it's not a good movie. Whimsical. I it's whimsical. It. It's beautiful and mellifluous. They had dance numbers. It's a school shooting. It's a school shooting parade. Okay, I, like I, Miranda I had this observation. Why are there so many gay serial killers, but there are like zero gay school shooters? There are zero gay mass shooters. What is this? Well, I what actually is this was thinking phenomenon? something along the line where it's like, what would, you know, if, and again, I don't, we don't know all the details, we, but I think Stephen's bullying point is something at least, you know, to to work off of, because, you know, we know LGBT people are by far the most likely to be, to experience violent hate crimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and frankly, that's, has a lot more to do with the T than the L, the G, or the B. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... So, like, if some young gay kid in a small town who was getting his ass beat or, you know, a trans kid, like, did this, what would be, you know, if it was, because it does seem to be people, you know, again, maybe it is because they have access to guns in a way that maybe liberal families wouldn't or what, it's just, what would it take for that to be what we actually talk about? Mm Mm-hmm. And the Congresses is also, you know, to give, the schools are, you know, I agree there is culpability there, but... You know, I so I used to be a high school teacher uh, and I only had one incidence of a student being uh, like trying to physically assault me. Uh, and I was and uh, the student uh, was they were writing a test and they were frustrated. Uh, and the, uh, the student clearly had some uh, some stuff going on with their ability to pay attention. Uh, and they also had uh, the English was not their first language. And fully, like, I was sitting there, you know, reading my book. I'm just supervising the test. Picked up the desk and threw it at me across the room. Mm. And, you know, there was police had to be involved or whatever. But there's it's kind of like, you know, there is the the level of culpability of, like, okay, what, you know, schools are raising kids, but we always put it on the parents. But then, you know, how do I feel as an educator calling the police on a child, on a student that I know is suffering and like reacting that way like it it, it it it's very difficult especially for people getting underpaid understaffed dealing with classrooms of 30 40 50 kids mm-hmm. yeah i well yeah so are you saying we can't blame the schools because i want to blame somebody well, who do we blame the issue is there's a lot of blame to go around but we're i think it's part of a huge issue with our culture is that we're like that yes this person is guilty this person is innocent there is an mm-hmm. answer to the problem to the equation one plus one equals two they say it, it takes a village five. well i mean the bullies that grad the bullies that do the bullying graduate high school and then they become the school administrators and the police and yeah. the journalists and all the people with the big jobs because bullies get what they want there you and go. Be it's bullies. kind of institutionalized. Cool. Like I, I went to a school where bullying was basically institutionalized, and it 
I have PTSD from oh, that, just a smidge. I got a whole mix. I got, I'm a melting pot of PTSD. But the institutionalized bullying, I've observed it. And, like, that's kind of why I can, you know, not dismiss other things that are systematic and wrong. Because I've sort of, you know, I have firsthand experience with something being that at that level. And that's what they was talking about in the wall. And we don't need no education. Yeah, I and mean, another brick in the wall. Part to be two. honest, I thought about school shootings every day in school mm-hmm. because I wanted to do one back well, then. Yeah. I'm 32. You don't have to come arrest me now. Um, but I was extremely unhappy mm-hmm. in school. There was so much bullying. And I was doing some bullying because you had to. Because the culture was you have to either bully or you will be bullied. And we would bully people until they left the school. And anyone who was gay would be bullied until they left the school, basically. Mm-hmm. Well, it's um, prison mentality, right? It's like you one, you walk in and you go and punch the biggest guy in the room so that people don't think you're a pussy. Yes. Uh, you know, like I, and for men in, in high school, I, I was not, I, I ended up having to be exempted from all physical education classes because I, every time I went into a change room and I was very fruity, very gay. And it was very much like, if I went and changed to go to gym, I was putting my life on the line every time. And everybody let me know that. And, you know, and the, and the school solution was, okay, tell, give us names, name names. And luck, thankfully, you know, I had some parents with, you know, a couple of, you know, good ideas in their head. And they were like, oh, this, if he names names now, he's got four more years of high school here. He will die. You know, like what we need to do is get this kid into fucking, you know, transfer him into a business class or whatever. But like all the, and, that, you know, mandatory phys ed, you know, it's part of a lot of public school educations. So I never did that because it was, and I can't say I didn't have violent fantasies about the people who, you know, made my life miserable. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, the question, you know, the point, you know, I think that Stephen's trying to bring up is, uh, you know, it's like, when does that, you know, it's hard to not be, to understand why someone could snap. It sounds like Joker logic, but yeah. It's, yeah, you got a, it is tough. You have access to, yeah, I think if I had been just given a gun, I probably could have done some reckless shit mm-hmm. if that if that was sort of normalized in my in my culture. And I think it's sort of like the other thing about Republican culture or or right wing culture, why it might come from there is there's no there's no frame of mind to deal with a sensitive kid. You know, mm. that's, you know, that's like the humor of King of the Hill. I mean, Hank Hill uh, learns to deal with his sensitive boy, but it, like most people, you know, their their solution is that you got to man up and you got to learn to look after yourself. And the key is self-sufficiency in just these people that are not they don't have that in them. And they see that as a moral failing. And because they can't accept their their kid having that moral failing of lacking that self-sufficient attitude, uh, they try to mold them into something that he's not and it, it creates a tragedy um uh, mm-hmm. it's I, I, what do they call it toxic masculinity yeah. it's a problem of toxic masculinity i say it like that but it's actually true it's sad that that phrase has been um parodied to death and is is used in bad faith because it's really true you know you have this this image that men failing to live up to the image that they've set for themselves is responsible for a huge amount of fucking mayhem in this world. That's just, and that image that you set for yourself is, you know, sometimes comes from within, but is mostly set by the parameters of where you live. Yeah, I agree. I think those are good words to take us out because we're a little bit over our 
our allotted time. So I want to thank Jay for coming on this week. We really appreciate it. Oh, it's a pleasure, guys. I mean, I, there's so much for the best laid plans of uh, having a goofy episode.